The following is a conversation with Vladimir Vapnik, part two, the second time we spoke on the podcast. He's the co-inventor of support vector machines, support vector clustering, VC theory, and many foundational ideas in statistical learning. He was born in the Soviet Union, worked at the Institute of Control Sciences in Moscow, then in the US, worked at AT&T, NEC Labs, Facebook AI Research, and now is a professor at Columbia University. His work has been cited over 200,000 times. The first time we spoke on the podcast was just over a year ago, one of the early episodes. This time, we spoke after a lecture he gave titled Complete Statistical Theory of Learning as part of the MIT series of lectures on deep learning and AI that I organized. I'll release the video of the lecture in the next few days. This podcast and the lecture are independent from each other, so you don't need one to understand the other. The lecture is quite technical and math heavy, so if you do watch both, I recommend listening to this podcast first, since the podcast is probably a bit more accessible. This is the Artificial Intelligence Podcast. If you enjoy it, subscribe on YouTube, give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, support it on Patreon, or simply connect with me on Twitter at Lex Friedman, spelled F-R-I-D-M-A-N. As usual, I'll do one or two minutes of ads now and never any ads in the middle that can break the flow of the conversation. I hope that works for you and doesn't hurt the listening experience. This show is presented by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. When you get it, use code LEXPODCAST. Cash App lets you send money to friends, buy Bitcoin, and invest in the stock market with as little as $1. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square, and member SIPC. Since Cash App allows you to send and receive money digitally, peer-to-peer, and security in all digital transactions is very important, let me mention the PCI Data Security Standard, PCI DSS Level 1, that Cash App is compliant with. I'm a big fan of standards for safety and security, and PCI DSS is a good example of that, where a bunch of competitors got together and agreed that there needs to be a global standard around the security of transactions. Now, we just need to do the same for autonomous vehicles and AI systems in general. So again, if you get Cash App from the App Store or Google Play and use the code LEXPODCAST, you get $10, and Cash App will also donate $10 to FIRST, one of my favorite organizations that is helping to advance robotics and STEM education for young people around the world. And now, here's my conversation with Vladimir Vapnik. You and I talked about Alan Turing yesterday a little bit. Yes. And that he, as the father of artificial intelligence, may have instilled in our field an ethic of engineering and not science, seeking more to build intelligence rather than to understand it. What do you think is the difference between these two paths of engineering intelligence and the science of intelligence? It's a completely different story. Engineering has imitation of human activity. You have to make a device which behave as human behave, have all the functions of human. It does not matter how you do it. 
but to understand what is intelligence about is quite different problem. So I think, I believe that it's somehow related to predicate we talked yesterday about. Uh, because look at the Vladimir Probs idea. He just found 31 he predicates. He call it units, which can explain human behavior, at least in Russian tales. He look at Russian tales and derive from that. And then people realize that it's more wide than in Russian tales. It is in TV, in movie serials, and so on and so on. So you're talking about Vladimir Prop, right. who in 1928 published a book, Morphology of the Folktale, exactly. describing 31 predicates that have this kind of sequential structure that a lot of the stories, narratives follow in Russian folklore and in other contexts. We'll talk about it. I'd like to talk about predicates in a focused way, but let me, if you allow me to stay zoomed out on our friend, Alan Turing. And, you know, he inspired a generation with the, the imitation game. Yes. Do you think, if we can linger in a little bit longer, do you think we can learn, do you think learning to imitate intelligence can get us closer to the science, to understanding intelligence? So why do you think imitation is so far from understanding? I think that it is different between you have different goals. So your goal is to, to, to create something, something useful. Yeah. And that is great. And you can see how much things was done, and I believe that it will be done even more. It's self-driving cars and also this business. It is great. And it was inspired by Turing vision. But understanding is very difficult. It's more or less philosophical category. What means understand the world? I believe in scheme which starts from Plato, that there exists world of ideas. I believe that intelligence, it is world of ideas, but it is world of pure ideas. And when you combine them with reality things, it creates, as in my case, invariance, which is very specific. And that I believe the combination of ideas in way to constructing invariant is intelligence. But first of all, uh, uh, predicate. If you know predicate, and hopefully then not, not too much predicate exists. For example, 31 predicate for human behavior, it is not a lot. Vladimir Prop used 31, you can even call them predicates, 31 predicates to describe stories, narratives. Right. So you think human behavior, how much of human behavior, how much of our world, our universe, all the things that matter in our existence can be summarized in predicates of the kind that Prop was working with? I think that we have a lot of form of behavior, but I think that predicate is much less 
because even in these examples which I gave you yesterday, you saw that predicate can be can construct one predicate can construct many different invariants depending on, on, on your data. They're applying to different data and they give different invariants. So but pure ideas maybe not so much not so many well, let's i don't know about that but my guess i hope that's why challenge about digit recognition how much you need i think we'll talk about computer vision and 2d images a little bit and your challenge that's exactly about intelligence that's exactly that's exactly about no uh, that hopes to be exactly about the spirit of intelligence in the simplest possible way Absolutely, you should start the simplest way. Otherwise, you will not be able to do it. Well, there's an open question whether starting at the MNIST digit recognition is a step towards intelligence or it's an entirely different thing. I think that to beat records using, say, 100, 200 times less examples, you need intelligence. You need intelligence. So let's, because you use this term, and it would be nice, I'd, I'd like to ask simple, maybe even dumb questions. Let's start with a predicate. In terms of terms and how you think about it, what is a predicate? I don't know. I, <laughs> I have a feeling formally they exist, but I believe that predicate for 2D images, uh, one of them is symmetry. Hold on a second, sorry. Sorry to interrupt and pull you back. At the simplest level, we're not even we're not being profound currently. A predicate is a statement of something that is true. Yes. Do you think of predicates as somehow probabilistic in nature, or is this binary? This is truly constraints of logical statements about the world. In my definition, the simplest predicate is function. Function, and you can use this function to make inner product that is predicate. What's the input and what's the output of the function? Input is x, something which is input in reality. Say, if you consider digit recognition, it pixel space, yes. input. But it is function which in pixel space. But it can be any function from uh, pixel space, and you choose, the, and, and, and I believe that there are several functions which is important to, for understanding of images. One of them is symmetry. It's not so simple construction as I described with lead derivative, with all this stuff. But another, I believe, I don't know how many, is how well structurized is picture. Structurized? Yeah. What form, do you mean by structurized? It is formal definition. Say something have, heavy on the left corner, not so heavy in the middle, and so on. You describe in general concept of of what what you assume. Concepts, some kind of universal concepts. Yeah, but I don't know how to formalize this. Do you? So this is the thing. There's a million ways we can talk about this. I'll keep bringing it up, but uh, we humans have such concepts uh, when we look at digits. Uh, 
but it's hard to put them, just like you're saying now, it's hard to put them into words. You know, that is example. When critics in music trying to describe music, they use predicate and not right. too many predicate, but in different combination. But they have some special words for describing music. And the same should be for images. But maybe there are critics who understand essence of what this image is about. Do you think there exists critics who can summarize the essence of images, human beings? The I hope so, yes. But that explicitly state them on paper. <clears throat> this the fundamental question I'm asking is do you do you think there exists a, a small set of predicates that will summarize images? It feels to our mind like it does that the concept of what makes a two and a three and a four. No, 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 it's not on, on, on this level. Uh, what it, 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 it should not describe two, three, four. It, it, it describes some construction which allow you to create invariance. And invariance, sorry to stick on this, but terminology. Invariance, it is, it is property of your image. Say, I can say, looking on my image, it is more or less symmetric. And I can give you value of symmetry, uh, say, level of symmetry, using this function which I gave yesterday. Uh, and you can describe that your image have these characteristics exactly in the way how musical critics describe music. So, but this is invariant applied to to specific data, to specific music, to something. Uh, I strongly believe in 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 this. Plato ideas that there exists world of predicate and world of reality and predicate and reality is somehow connected and you have to, to do that. Let's talk about Plato a little bit. So you draw a line from Plato to Hegel to Wigner to today. Yes. So Plato has forms, the, the theory of forms. So there's a world of ideas and yes. a world of things as you talk right. about and right. there's a connection. and. Presumably the world of ideas is very small and the yes. world of things is arbitrarily big, but they're all what Plato calls them like, the, it's a shadow. The real yeah. world is a shadow from the world of form. Yeah, you have projection. Projection. Of the world of idea. Yeah, very poetic. And in, in reality, you can realize this projection using, using this invariance because it is projection for on specific examples, which create specific features of specific objects. So, and... Uh, so the essence of intelligence is, while only being able to observe the world of things, try to come up with a world of ideas. Exactly, like in this music story. <laughs> Intelligent musical critics knows this all this word and have a feeling about what it is. I feel like that's a contradiction, intelligent music critics. 
I think I think music is to be enjoyed in all its forms. The notion of critic, like a food critic. No, I don't want touch emotion. That's an interesting question. Does emotion, there's a certain elements of the human psychology, of the human experience, which seem to almost contradict intelligence and reason. Like emotion, like fear, like, like love, all of those things, are those not connected in any way to the space of uh, ideas? That's I don't know. I, I, I just want to be concentrated on very simple story, <laughs> on digit recognition. So you don't think you have to love and fear death in order to recognize digits? I don't know, <laughs> because it's so complicated. It, is, it involved a lot of stuff which I, I, I never considered. But I know about digit recognition. And I know that for digit recognition to, to get records from small number of observations, you need predicate, but not special predicate for this problem, but universal predicate which understand world of images. Of visual information. Visual, yeah. But on the first step, they understand say, world of handwritten digits or characters or some, something simple. So like you said, symmetry is an interesting No, one. that's what I think one of the predicates related to symmetry, but to level of symmetry. Okay, degree of symmetry. So you, yeah. you think symmetry at the bottom is a universal notion and there's, there's, there's degrees of a single kind of symmetry or is there many kinds of symmetries? Many kinds of symmetries. There is a symmetry, anti-symmetry, say, letter S. So it has vertical anti-symmetry. And uh, it could be diagonal symmetry, vertical symmetry. So when you, when you cut v vertically the letter S. Yeah, then the upper part and lower part in different directions. Yeah, but inverted it, along it, the y-axis. Yeah. But that's just like one example of symmetry, right? Isn't there like... A... Right, but uh, there is a degree of symmetry. If you play all this derivative stuff to, to, to do tangent distance, but whatever I, I described, you, right. can de de you can have a degree of symmetry. And that is what describing reason of image. It is the same as you will describe this image, saying about DigitS, it has anti-symmetry, DigitS3 symmetric, more or less, look for symmetry. Do you think such concepts like symmetry, predicates like symmetry, is it a hierarchical set of concepts? Or are these independent, distinct predicates that we want to discover as some set of? No, there is a idea of symmetry. And you can, this idea of symmetry, um, make very general, like degree of symmetry. 
и дегриев симметрии, кем без зиро, но симметрия тал. Дегриев симметрии, сей, молес симметрикал, but you have one of these description, and symmetry can be different. As I told, горизонтал, вертикал, диагонал, and антисимметрия, uh, also concept of symmetry. What about shape in general? I mean, symmetry is a fascinating notion, but... No, no, I'm talking about digit. I would like to concentrate on all, I would like to know predicate for digit recognition. Yes, but symmetry is not enough for digit recognition, right? It is not necessarily for digit recognition. It helps to create invariant which will, which you can use when you will have examples for digit recognition, you have regular problem of digit recognition, you have examples of the first class or second class, plus you know that there, is this, there exists concept of symmetry. And you apply when you looking for decision rule, you will apply uh, concept of symmetry, of this level of symmetry which you uh, estimate from So let's let's talk. Everything is comes from weak convergence. What is convergence? What is weak convergence? What is strong convergence? So, I'm sorry, I'm going to do this to you. What are we converging from and to? You converging. You would like to have a function, the function which, uh, say, indicator function which uh, indicate your digit five for example. A classification task? And let's talk only about classification task. So classification means yeah. you will say whether this is a five or not, or say which of the 10 digits it is. Right, right. I would like to, to, to have these functions. Then I have some examples. I can consider property of these examples, say symmetry. And I can measure level of symmetry for every digit. And then I can take average and I from, from my training data, and I will consider only functions of conditional probability, which I'm looking for my decision rule, which applying to, to digits will give me the same average as I observe on training data. So actually, this is different level of description of what you want. You want uh, not just, you, you show not one digit, you show this, this predicate, show general property of all digits which you have in mind. If you have in mind digit three, it gives you property of digit three, and you select as admissible set of function, only function which keeps this property. You will not consider other functions. So you're immediately looking for smaller subset of functions. That's what you mean by admissible functions. You Admissible looking, function, exactly. Which is still a pretty large, for the number three, uh, it's a it large. It is pretty large, but if you have one predicate. 
but according to weak, there is a strong and weak convergence. Okay. Strong convergence is convergence in function. You're looking at the function on one function, and you're looking on the another function, and uh, square difference from them should be small. If you take difference in any points, make a square, make an integral, and it should be small. That is convergence in function. Suppose you have some function, any function. So I would say, uh, I say that some function converge to this function. If integral from square difference between them is small. That's the definition of strong convergence. That definition of strong. Two functions, the integral of the difference yeah, is small. It is convergence in functions. But you have different convergence in functionals. You take any function, you take some function phi, and take inner product this function with f function, f0 function which you want uh, to find. And that gives you some value. So you say that set of functions converge in inner product to this function, if this value of inner product converge to value F0. That is for one phi. But V converges requires that it converge for any function of Hilbert space. If it converge for any function of Hilbert space, then you will say that this is weak convergence. You can think that when you take integral, that is property, integral property of function. For example, if you will take sine or cosine, it is coefficient of, uh, say, Fourier expansion. So it, if it converge for all coefficients of Fourier expansion, so under some condition, it converge to the function you're looking for. But weak convergence means any property, no, convergence not point-wise, but integral property of function. So weak convergence means integral property of functions. When I'm talking about predicate, I would like to um, formulate which integral properties I would like to have for convergence. So, and if I will take one predic predicate, its function, which I measure property, uh, if I will use one predicate and say, I will consider only function, which give me the same value as with this predicate, I selecting set of functions from functions which is admissible in the sense that function which I'm looking for in this set of functions, because I checking in in, in training data, it is it gives the same. Uh, yes, yeah, so it always has to be connected to the training data in terms of. Yeah, but but property, you can know independent on training data, and this guy, prop. Yeah. So that there is formal property, 31 property. And if fairy tale, you, uh, Russian fairy tale. But Russian fairy tale is not so interesting. More interesting is that people apply this to, to movies, to theater, to 
to, to, to different things and the same works, they're universal. Well, so I would argue that there's a little bit of a difference between uh, the kinds of things that were applied to, which are essentially stories and digit recognition. It is the same story. You, you, you're saying digits, there's a story within the digit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but my, my point is why I hope that it's possible to beat a record yeah. using not 60,000, but say 100 times less, because instead you will give predicates and you will uh, select your decision not from wide set of functions, but from set of function which keeps this predicate. But so, predicate is not related just to digit recognition. Right, so. Like in Plato's case. <laughs> Do you think it's possible to automatically discover the predicates? This, so you basically said that the essence of intelligence is the discovery of good predicates. Yeah. Now the natural question is, you know, that's what Einstein was good at doing in physics. Can we make machines do these kinds of discovery of good predicates? Or is this ultimately a human endeavor? That's, I don't know. I don't think that machine can do. Because uh, according to theory about weak convergence, uh, any function from Hilbert space can be predicated. So, you, you have infinite number of predicates in upper and, and before you, you don't know which predicate is good and which. But whatever prop show and why people call it breakthrough, that there is not too many predicates which cover most of situation happened in the world. So there's a sea of predicates. And most of the, only a small amount are useful for the kinds of things that happen in the world. I think that I would say only a small part of predicate very useful. Useful all of, uh, all of them. Right. Only very few are what we should, let's call them good predicates. Very good predicates. Right. Yes. Very good predicates. Yes. So can we linger on it? What's your intuition? Why is it? hard for a machine to discover good predicates. I even in my talk described how to do predicate, how to find new predicate. I, I'm not sure that it is very good. Predicate. What did you propose in your talk? No, in my talk, I, I, I gave example for diabetes. Diabetes, when, yeah. When, when we achieve some percent, so then we're looking for area where some sort of predicate, which I formulate, uh, does not uh, keeps invariant. So if it does not keep, I, I retrain my data. I uh, select only function which keeps this invariant. And when I did it, I improve my performance. I can looking for this predicate. I know technically how to do that. And you can, uh, of course, uh, uh, do it using machine, but I'm not sure that we will construct the smartest predicate. But this is the, allow me to linger on it. 
because that's the essence, that's the challenge. That is artificial, that's that's the human level intelligence that we seek, is the yeah. discovery of these good predicates. You've talked about deep learning as a way to, uh, the predicates they use and the functions are mediocre. We can find better ones. Let's talk about deep learning. Sure, let's do it. I, I know only Jans Likun, yeah. convolutional network. It's and what else? I don't know, and it's a very simple convolution. There's so not much else to know. left and right. Yes. I can do it like that, one, with one predicate. It is- Convolution is a single predicate. It's single, it's, it, it, it's single predicate. Yes, but- it is, it, <laughs> You know exactly, you take the derivative for translation and, and predicate this should, should be kept. So that's a single predicate, but humans discovered that one, or at least. Not it, that is a risk, not too many predicates. And that is a big story because Jan did it 25 years ago and nothing so clear was added to, to, to deep network. And then I don't understand uh, why we should talk about deep network instead of talking about piecewise linear functions which keeps this predicate. Well, the, you know, a counter argument is that maybe the amount of predicates necessary to solve general intelligence, say in the space of images, doing efficient recognition of uh, handwritten digits is very small. And so we shouldn't be so obsessed about finding, we'll find other good predicates like convolution, for example, you know, there, there has been other advancements, like um, if you look at the work with attention, there's attentional mechanisms in, especially used in natural language, focusing the, the network's ability to, uh, to learn at which part of the input to look at. The thing is, there's other things besides predicates that are important for the actual engineering mechanism of showing how much you can really do given such these predicates. I it, I mean that's essentially the work of deep learning is constructing architectures that are able to be given the training data to be able to converge towards uh, a, a function that can approximate can, can generalize well. No, it's an engineering problem. No, yeah, I understand, uh, but let's talk not on emotional level, but on mathematical level. You have set of piecewise linear functions. It is all possible neural networks. It's, it's just piecewise linear functions. There's many, many pieces. Large, large number of piecewise linear okay, functions. Okay, yeah. exactly, but- Very large. Very large. Almost but feels it's like still, too large. It's, it's still simpler than, uh, say, convolution, uh, than, reproducing kernel Hilbert space, which have a Hilbert set of functions. What's Hilbert space? It's space with infinite number of coordinates, say, or, or function for expansion, something like that. So it's much richer. So, and when I'm talking about closed form solution, I'm talking about this set of function, not piecewise linear set, which is particular case of, of 
It's a small part. <laughs> so neural networks is a small part of the space you're talking of functions you're small, talking about. Small, say, uh, small set of functions. Yeah. Let me take it. That. But it is fine. It is fine. I don't want to to, to discuss the small or big. We take advantage. So you have some set of functions. So now, when you're trying to create architecture you would like to create admissible set of functions, which all your tricks to use not all functions, but some subset of this set of functions. Mm-hmm. Say, when you're introducing convolutional net, it is a way to uh, make this subset useful for you. Mm-hmm. But from my point of view, uh, convolutional, it is uh, something you want to keep some invariants say, translation invariants. But now, if you understand this, and you cannot explain on the level of ideas what neural network does, you should agree that uh, it is much better to have a set of functions. And they say, this set of functions should be admissible. It must keep this invariant, this invariant, and that invariant. You know that as soon as you incorporate new invariants, set of function because smaller and smaller and smaller. But all the invariants are specified by you, the human. Yeah, but what I hope that there is a standard predicate, like prop show. Mm-hmm. That what that's what I want to find for digital recognition. If we start, it is completely new area, what is intelligence about on the level, uh, starting from from Plata's idea, mm-hmm. what is world of ideas. So, and I believe that it's not too many. Yeah. But, you know, it is amusing that mathematician doing something in neural network, in, in general function, but pe- people from literature, from art, they use this all the time. That's right. Invariance, uh, saying, uh, say, it, it is great how, how people describe music. We should learn from that. And something on this level, but so why uh, Vladimir Prop, who was just theoretical, uh, who studied theoretical literature, he found that. You know what, let me throw that right back at you because there's a little bit of a, that's less mathematical and more emotional, philosophical, Vladimir Prop. I mean, he wasn't doing math. No. And you just said an, another emotional statement, which is you believe that this pl- Plato world of ideas is small. I hope. I hope. Do, <laughs> no. do you, do, what's your intuition though? If we can linger on it. You, you know, it is not just small or big. I know exactly. Then when I introducing some predicate, I decrease set of functions. But my goal to decrease set of function much. By, by as much as possible. By as much as possible. Good predicate, which, which does this. Then I should choose next predicate, which does which decrease set as much as possible. So set of good predicates, it is such that they decrease this 
amount so, of admissible functions. So if each good predicate significantly reduces the set of admissible functions, that there naturally should not be that many yeah. good predicates. No, but, uh, but uh, if you reduce very well the VC dimension of the function, of admissible set of functions, it's small, and you need not too much training data to, to, to do well. And VC dimension, by the way, is some measure of capacity of this set of functions. Right. How, roughly speaking, how many functions in this set. So you're decreasing, decreasing, and it makes easy for you to find function you're looking for. So, but the most important part to create good admissible set of functions, and it probably there are many ways, but the, the good predicate is such that that can do that. So but let's, for, for, for this duck, you should know a little bit about duck because <laughs> what are the what are the three fundamental laws of ducks? Looks like a duck, swims like a duck, and yeah, quack, quack like a duck. You should know something about ducks to no, be able not to. Not necessarily. Looks like say horse. It's also good. So it's not <laughs> and, it generalizes and, yes, from and, ducks. And talk like like uh, and make sound like horse. Uh, yeah. Something. And run like horse and, and moves like horse. It is general. It, it, it is general predicate that this applied to, to duck. But for duck, you can say uh, play chess like duck. You That's, cannot say play chess like duck. Why not? Duck. So you, you're saying you can, but it, that would not be a good. No, you, you, you will not reduce a lot of functions. You would not do, you, yeah, you would not reduce the set of functions. So you can, the, the story is formal story, mathematical story is that you can use any function you want as a predicate. But some of them are good, some of them are not, because some of them reduce a lot of functions to admissible set, some of them not. So, but the question is, and I'll probably keep asking this question, but how do we find such, what's your intuition? intuition handwritten, handwritten recognition. Right. How do we find the, the answer to your challenge? Yeah, yeah, I understand it's like that. I understand what. What, it what defined? <laughs> what it means, I, I knew predicate. Yeah. Like guy who understand music can say this word which he described when, when he listened to music. He understand music. He use not too many different, oh, you can do like prop. You can make collection. What he talking about music, about this, about that. It, it's not too many different situations he described. Because we mentioned Vladimir Prop a bunch, let me just mention there's a so there's a sequence of of uh, thirty one structural notions that are common in stories, and I think you call it units. Units, and I think they resonate. I mean, it starts just to give an example: abstention. A member of the hero's community, a family leaves the security of the home environment. Then it goes to the interdiction, a forbidding edict or command is passed upon the hero. Don't go there, don't do this. The hero is warned against some action. Then step three, viola violation of interdiction. Breaks, you know, break the rules, break out on your own. Then reconnaissance, the villain makes an effort to attain knowledge, needing to fulfill their plot, so on. It goes on like this, ends, uh, ends in a wedding. Number 31, yeah. happily ever after. No, right? he, he, he just gave description of all 
situation. He understands this world. Of folk that, tales. Yeah, no, for not folk stories. But it, for, so, stories. And this story is not in just folk tales. This story is in, in detective serials as well. And probably in our lives, we probably live. Read this. At the end, they, 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 they wrote that the, the, this predicate is good for different situation. From movie, from the, for, for movie, for theater. By the way, there's also criticism, right? There's an other way to interpret narratives from um, Claude Levi-Strauss. I, I don't know. I am not in this business. I no, I know. It's uh, theoretical literature, but it's looking oh, no. at paradigms it, It's always the, the, the discussion. Yeah. yeah. But at least there is a units. It's not too many units that can describe but this That's guy probably gives another units or another way of exactly another another set of units another, another set of predicates yes. it doesn't matter who but they exist probably my my question is whether given those units whether without our human brains to interpret these units they would still hold as much power as they have meaning are those units enough when we give them to the alien species. Well, let, let me ask you, do you understand digit recognition, digit images? No, I don't understand. No, no, no. Uh, when you can recognize these digit images, it yes. means that you understand. Yes, You, you understand characters, you understand. Nope, 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 nope. I, I, um, it's, the, it's the imitation versus understanding question because I don't understand the mechanism by which I No, 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 I'm not talking about, I'm talking about predicates. You understand that it involves symmetry, maybe structure, maybe something else. I cannot formulate. I just was able to find symmetries, so so degree of symmetries. That's really good. So this is a good line. I feel like I understand the basic elements of what makes a good hand recognition system my own. Like symmetry, connects with me. It seems like that's a very powerful predicate. My question is, is there a lot more going on that we're not able to introspect? Maybe I need to be able to understand a huge amount in the world of ideas, uh, thousands of predicates, millions of predicates in order to do hand recognition. I don't think so. So your your no, no. both your hope and your intuition are no. such that no. let, very few let me explain. You're using digits. You're using examples as well. Theory says that if you will use all possible functions from Hilbert space, all possible predicate, you don't need training data. You just will have admissible set of functions which contain one function. Yes. So the trade-off is when you're not using all predicates, you're only using a few good predicates, you need to have some training data. Yes, you exactly. The more, the, the more good predicates you have, the less training data Abs- you need. Exactly. That is intelligent learning. Still, okay. I'm gonna keep asking the same dumb question, handwritten recognition to solve the challenge. You kind of propose a challenge that says we should be able to 
get state-of-the-art MNIST error rates by using very few 60, maybe fewer examples per digit. Yeah. What kind of predicates do you think it will look like? That is the challenge. <laughs> so people who will solve this problem, they will, answer. they will answer. Do you think they'll be able to answer it in a human explainable way? They just need to write function, that's it. But so can that function be written, I guess, by an automated reasoning system, whether we're talking about a neural network learning a particular function or another mechanism? No, neural, uh, I'm not against neural network. I am against admissible set of function which create neural network. Right. You did it by hand. You yes. don't. You don't do it by invariance, by predicate, by 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 reason. But neural networks can then reverse, do the reverse step of helping you find a function. Just a, the task of a neural network is is to find a disentangled representation. For example, what they call is to find that one predicate function that's really captures some kind of essence. One, not the entire essence, but one very useful essence of this particular visual space. Do you think that's possible? Like, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm grasping, hoping there's an automated way to find good predicates, right? So the question is, what are the mechanisms of finding good predicates, ideas that you think we should pursue? A young so, grad student so listening right now. I, I, I gave example. So find situation where predicate, which you're suggesting, don't create invariant. It's like in physics, find situation where existing theory cannot explain it. Find situation where the existing theory, theory can't explain cannot it. explain this. Situation. So you're finding contradictions find like, contradiction, and then remove this contradiction. But in my case, what means contradiction? You find function, which if you will use this function, you, you're not keeping invariance. This so really function. the process of discovering contradictions. Yeah. It is like in physics, find situation where you have contradiction for one of the property for one of the predicate. Then include this predicate, making invariance, and solve again this problem, now you don't have contradiction. But it is not the best way, probably, I don't know, to looking for predicate. That's just one way, okay. That, no, no, it is brute force way. The brute force way. What about the ideas of some, what, uh, big umbrella term of symbolic AI. There's what in the 80s with expert systems, sort of logic reasoning based systems. Is there hope there to find some, uh, through sort of deductive reasoning to, to find good predicates? I don't think so. I think that just logic is not enough. Kind of a compelling notion, though, you know that 
when smart people sit in a room and reason through things, it seems compelling. And making our machines do the same is also compelling. So everything is very simple. When you have infinite number of predicate, you can choose the, the function you want. You have invariance and you can choose the function you want. But you have to have uh, not too many invariance to solve the problem. So, and how from infinite number of functions to select finite number and hopefully small number of functions, which is good enough to extract small set of admissible functions. So they will be admissible, it's for sure, because every function just decrease set of function and leaving it admissible. But it will be small. But why do you think logic-based systems don't, can't help? Uh, intuition, not... Because you, you should know reality. You should know life. This guy like prop, Mm-hmm. He knows something, and he tried to to put in invariant his understanding. So, but that's the human. Yeah, yeah, but see, you're you're putting too much value into Vladimir Prop's knowing something. No, it, it is. It, it is stories that what means you know life. What it means? Common, you know common sense. No, no, no. You you know something. Common sense, it is some rules. You think so? Common sense is simply rules? Common mm-hmm. sense is every, it's mortality, it's no, it's it's fear of death, it's love, it's spirituality, it's uh, happiness and sadness. All of it is tied up into understanding gravity, which is what we think of as common sense. I don't really to discuss so white. I want to discuss, understand digit understand digit recognition. Understand. Anytime I bring up love and death, you you bring it back to digit recognition. I like yeah. it. No, you know it is durable because there is a challenge. Yeah, which I see how to solve it. If I will have a student concentrate on this work, I will suggest something to solve. You mean handwritten recognition? Yeah, it's a beautifully simple, elegant, and yet... I think that I know invariance which will solve this. You do? I think so. You think so. But it is not universal. It is maybe... I want some universal invariance which are good not only for digit recognition, for image understanding. So let me ask, how hard do you think is 2D image understanding? So if, if we we can kind of intuit handwritten recognition, how big of a step, leap, journey is it from that? If I gave you good, if I solved your challenge for handwritten recognition, how long would my journey then be from that to understanding more general natural images? Immediately, you will understand this <laughs> as soon as you will make a record. Because so. it is not for free as soon as you will create several invariants which will help you 
to get the same performance that the best neural net did using 100 times, maybe more than 100 times less examples, you have to have something smart to do that. And you're saying? That that is invariant. It is predicate. Because you should put some idea how to do that. But, okay. Let me just pause. Maybe it's a trivial point, maybe not. But handwritten recognition feels like a 2D, two-dimensional problem. And it seems like how much complicated is the fact that most images are a projection of a three-dimensional world onto a 2D plane. It feels like for a three-dimensional world, we, st- we need to start understanding common sense in order to understand an image. It's no longer visual shape and symmetry. It's having to start to understand concepts of, uh, understand life. Yeah, you, 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 you're talking that there are different invariants, different, different predicates, yeah. And potentially much larger number. You know, maybe, but let's start from simple. Well, yeah, but you said that it would be No, immediate. you know, I, I, I cannot think Yes. About things which I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> this I understand, but I'm sure that I don't understand everything there. Yeah, that's it's the like difference. Say, uh, do as simple as possible, but not simpler, and that is exact case with handwritten. Record. With handwritten. Yeah, but never. That's the difference between you and I. I, I, uh, <laughs> I welcome and enjoy thinking about things I completely don't understand. <laughs> because to me, it's a natural extension without having solved handwritten recognition to wonder how um, how difficult is the, the, the next step of understanding 2D, 3D images. Because ultimately, while the science of intelligence is fascinating, it's also fascinating to see how that maps to the engineering of intelligence and recognizing handwritten digits is not, doesn't help you. It might, it may not help you with the problem of general intelligence. We don't know. It'll, it'll help you, you a little bit. It, we don't it, know it how unclear. much. It's unclear. It's unclear. Yeah. It might but, very but much. But I would like to make a remark. Yes. I start not from very primitive problem, make a uh, challenge problem. I start with very general problem, with Plato. So you understand, and, and it comes from Plato to, 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 to digit recognition. So, <laughs> so you basically took Plato and the, uh, the world of forms and ideas and mapped and projected into the clearest, simplest formulation of that big world. You know, I, I would say that I did not understand Plato until uh, recently and until I uh, considered weak convergence, and then predicate, and then, oh, this is what Plata told. So Can you linger it, on that? Like, why, how do you think about this world of ideas and world of things in Plato? No, it is metaphor. It is. It's a metaphor, for sure. It's yeah. a compelling, it's a poetic and a beautiful yeah, metaphor. Yeah, yeah. But what, can you? But it is a way how you, you, you should try to understand how attack ideas in the world. So from my point of view, it is very clear, but it is line. 
all the time people looking for that. Say uh, Plato, then Hegel, whatever reasonable it exists, whatever exists, it is reasonable. I don't know what he have in mind, reasonable. Right, there's philosophers again. No, 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 it is, it is next stop of Wigner, mm-hmm. that mathematics understands something of reality. It is the same Plato line. And then it comes suddenly to Vladimir Prop. Look, 31 ideas, 31 units, and describes everything. There's abstractions, ideas that represent our world. And we right. should always try to reach into that. Yeah, but but you should make a projection on reality. But understanding is, it is abstract ideas. You have in your mind several abstract ideas which you can apply to reality. And reality in this case, so if you look at machine learning is data. It's example, data. Data. Okay, let me let me put put this on you because I'm an emotional creature. I'm not a mathematical creature like you. I find compelling the idea. Forget the the space, the sea of functions. There's also a sea of data in the world, and I find compelling that there might be, like you said, teacher, small examples of data that are most useful for discovering good whether it's predicates or good functions, that the selection of data may be a, a powerful journey, a useful mechanism. You know, coming up with a mechanism for selecting good data might be useful too. Do you find this idea of finding the right data set interesting at all? Or do you kind of take the data set as a given? I think that it is, you know, my scheme is very simple. You have huge set of functions. If you will apply, and, and you have not too many data. Right. If you will pick up function which describes this data, you will do not very well. You like will, randomly pick up. Yeah, you will overfit. Yeah, yeah, it will be overfitting. So you should s- decrease set of function from which you're picking up one. So you should go somehow to admissible set of functions. And this, what about weak convergence? So, but from another point of view, to to make admissible set of function, you need just a DH, just function which you will take in inner product, which you will measure property of your function. And that is how it works. No, so, I get it, I get it, I understand it, but do you, the, the reality but, is- But let's let discuss, let, let's think about examples. You have huge set of functions and you have several examples. If you just trying to keep, take function which satisfies these examples, you still will overfit. You need decrease, you need admissible set of functions. No, absolutely. But what, say you have more data than functions. So 
sort of consider the, I mean, maybe not more data than functions because that's no, it's uh, impossible. impossible. But what, what <laughs> I was trying to be poetic for a second. I mean, you have a huge amount of data, a huge amount of examples. But amount of function can be even bigger. Yeah, bigger. I understand. <laughs> Everything is. There's always, there's always Paul, a bigger Paul, boat. Paul Hilbert space. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. But, okay. But you don't, you don't find the world of data to be an interesting optimization space. Like the, the optimization should be in the space of functions. In creating admissible set of functions. Admissible set of functions. No, you know, even from the classical basis theory, from structure risk minimization, you should, you should organize <coughs> function in the way that they will be useful for you. Right. And that is yeah, but admissible set. The, the way you're thinking about useful is uh, you're given a small set Useful of examples. small, small set of functions which contain function by looking for. Yeah, but as looking for based on the empirical set of small examples. Yeah, but that is another story, I don't touch it. Because I, I, belie I believe that this small examples is not too small. Say 60 per class, that law of large numbers works. I don't need uniform law. The story is that in statistics, there are two law. Law of large numbers and uniform law of large numbers. So I want to be in a situation where I use law of large numbers, no, but not uniform law of large numbers. Right. So 60 is law of large It's large I hope, enough. I hope. No, it, sounds... it still needs some evaluation, some bounds. So it's, uh, but the idea is the following, that if you trust that uh, say this average gives you something close to expectations, so you can talk about that, about this predicate. And yeah. that is basis of human intelligence. Pre good predicates is the, the discovery of good predicates is the basis of human No, no, it is discovery of your, uh, of your understanding world, of your methodology, of a of understanding world, because you have several functions which you will apply to reality. Uh, can you, can you say that again? So uh, your you have several functions, yeah, predicate, but they abstract. Yes. Then you will apply them to reality to your data, and you will create in this way predicate, which is useful for your task. But predicate are not related specifically to your task, to this your task. It is abstract functions, which being applied, applied to, to many all, tasks that you might be interested in. It might be many tasks, I don't know. Or different tasks. Well, they should be many tasks, right? Yeah, Otherwise... I believe like, like in prop case. It yeah. was for fairy tales, but many that's happened tales. everywhere. Okay, so we talked about images a little bit, but can we talk about Noam Chomsky for a second? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe I, I don't know him very yeah, per well. Personally, well. Not personally, I don't know. His ideas. His ideas. Well, let me just say, do you think language, human language, is essential to expressing ideas as Noam Chomsky? 
uh, believes. So like language is at the core of our formation of predicates. It's a human language. For me, language and all the story of language is very complicated. I don't understand this. And I am not, I thought about. Nobody I, does. I'm not ready to work on that because it's so huge. It is not for me, and I believe not for our century. It's the 21st century. Not for 21st century. So We should learn something, a lot of stuff from simple tasks like digital recognition. So you think, like, okay, you think digital recognition, 2D image, what, how would you more abstractly define it, digit recognition? It's 2D image symbol recognition, essentially. I mean, I, I like, <laughs> I'm trying to get a sense, sort of thinking about it now, having worked with MNIST forever, how, how small of a subset is this of the general vision recognition problem and the general intelligence problem? Is it, yeah, is it a giant subset, is it not? And how far away is language? You know, uh, let me refer to Einstein. Take the simplest problem, as simple as possible, but not simpler. And this is challenge, is simple problem. But it's simple by idea, but not simple to, to get it. When you will do this, you will find some predicate which helps you to do. Well, yeah, I mean, with Einstein, you can you look, you look at general relativity, but that doesn't help you with quantum mechanics. <laughs> That's another story. You you don't have any universal instrument. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm trying to wonder if uh, which space we're in, whether the whether handwritten recognition is like general relativity, and then language is like quantum mechanics, so you're still gonna have to do a lot of mess to, to, to universalize it, but uh, I'm trying to see one, so what's your intuition why handwritten recognition is easier than language? Just, I think a lot of people would agree with that, but if you could elucidate sort of the the intuition of why. I don't know. No, I don't think in this direction. I just think in direction that this is problem, which if we will solve it well, we will create some abstract understanding of images. Maybe not all images. I would like to talk to guys who are doing unreal images in Columbia University. To what kind of images? Unreal? Real images. Real images. Yeah. What their idea is, there a predicate, what can be predicate. I still, symmetry will play a role in real life images in any real life images, 2D images. Let's talk about 2D images. Because <coughs> uh, that's what we know. A neural network was created for 2D images. So the people I know in vision science, for example, the people who study human vision, yeah. that they usually go to the world of 
symbols and like handwritten recognition, but not really. It's other kinds of symbols to study our visual perception system. As far as I know, not much predicate type of thinking is understood about our vision system. They did not think in this direction. They don't, yeah. They But how so, do you even begin to think in that direction? That's a, There's so much I, going I would on. like to discuss with them. Yeah. Because if we will be able to show that it is uh, what working, and theoretical scheme, it's not so bad. So the the unfortunate, so if we compare to language, language has like letters, a finite set of letters, and a finite set of ways you can put together those letters. So it feels more amenable to kind of analysis. With natural images, there is so many pixels. No, 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 letter, language is much, much more complicated. It's involved in a lot of different stuff. It's not just understanding of very, uh, simple class of tasks. I, I would like to see lists of tasks where language involved. Yes, so there's a, there's a lot of nice benchmarks now on, in natural language processing from the very trivial, like understanding the elements of a sentence to question answering to more much more complicated where you talk about open domain dialogue. The natural question is with handwritten recognition is really the first step yeah. of understanding visual information. All right. But not, but but even our records show that we go in wrong direction <laughs> because we need 60,000 digits. So even this first step, so forget about talking about the full journey, this first step should be taking in the right direction. No, no, in wrong direction because 60,000 is unacceptable. No, I'm saying it should be taken in the in the right direction exactly. because sixty thousand is not acceptable. It is. You can talk. It's great. We have half percent of error. And uh, hopefully, the step from doing hand recognition using very few examples, the step towards what babies do when they crawl and understand their physical I don't environment. Know what baby I know you don't I know, know about if, babies. If, if but... you will do from very small examples, yeah, you will find principles that will which apply are to different. babies from what we're using yes. now. And theoretically, it's more or less clear. That means that you, you will use weak convergence, not just strong convergence. Do you think these principles are, will naturally be human interpretable? Oh, yeah. So like when we, we'll be able to explain them and have a nice presentation to show what those principles are, or are they uh, very, going to be very kind of abstract kinds of functions. For example, I talked yesterday about symmetry. Yes. And I gave very simple examples. The same will be like that. You gave like a predicate of a basic for... For symmetries. Yes, for different symmetries. And you have... Um, for... A degree of symmetries. That of is symmetry. important. Yeah. Not just symmetry. Existent doesn't exist. A degree of symmetry. Yeah, for handwritten recognition. <laughs> No, it's not for handwritten. It's for any images, but I would like apply to handwritten. Right. It's, it's in theory, it's more general. Okay. Okay. So a lot of the things we've been talking about falls. We've been talking about philosophy a little bit, but 
also about mathematics and statistics. Mm -hmm. A lot of it falls into this idea, a universal idea of statistical theory of learning. What is the most beautiful and sort of powerful or essential idea you've come across, even just for yourself personally in, in the world of statistics or statistic theory of learning? Probably uniform convergence, which we did with Alexei Chervonenkis. Can you describe universal convergence? You have law of large, law of large numbers. So for any function, expectation of function, average of function converged to expectation. But if you have set of functions, for any function it is true, but it should converge simultaneously for all set of functions. And for, for learning, you need uniform convergence. Just convergence is not enough. Because when you pick up one which gives minima, you can pick up one function which does not converge in, and it will give you the best answer for, for this function. So you need a uniform convergence to guarantee learning. So learning does not rely on trivial law of large numbers. It, really on universal. But idea of weak convergence exists in statistics for a long time. But it is interesting that as I, I, I think about myself, how stupid I was 50 years, I did not see weak convergence. I work only on strong convergence. But now I think that most powerful is weak convergence because it makes admissible set of functions. And even in all prover in proverbs, when people try to understand recognition about dog law, looks like a dog and so on, mm -hmm. they use weak convergence. People in language, they understand this. But when we're trying to create artificial intelligence, we want event in different way. We just consider strong convergence, arguments. So reducing the set of admissible functions, you think there should be effort put into understanding the properties of weak convergence? You know, in classical mathematics, in Gilbert space, there are only two, two forms of convergence, strong and weak. Now we can use both. That means that we did everything. And it so happened that when we use Hilbert space, which is very rich space, space of continuous functions, uh, which has an integral in square. So we can apply weak and strong convergence for learning and have closed form solution. So for comp computationally simple. For me, it is sign that it is the right way because you, you don't need any heuristic, you just do whatever you want. But now the only what left, 
it is concept of what is predicate of oh, predicate but it is not statistics by the way i like the fact that you think that heuristics are a mess that should be removed from the system so closed form solution is the ultimate no it goal. so happened then when you're using right instrument you have closed form solution do you, do you think intelligence human level intelligence when we create it will um will have something like a closed form solution you know i now i'm looking on bonds which i gave bonds for convergence and when i looking for bonds i thinking what is the most appropriate kernel for this bond would be so we know that in say all our businesses we use radial basis function but looking on the bond i think that i start to understand that maybe we need to make corrections to radial basis function to be closer to work better for this bonds so i'm again trying to understand what type of kernel have best approximation no no approximation best fit to this bonds sure so there's a, there's a lot of interesting work that could be done in discovering better functions and radial basis functions for for yeah, the kind but, of bonds you but find it still comes from you you you're looking to mass and trying to understand what from your own mind looking at the yeah but i don't but, know but then i trying to understand what what will be good for that yeah but to me there's still a beauty again maybe i'm a descendant of Alan Turing to heuristics to me ultimately intelligence will be a mess of heuristics and no that's the engineering answer no, i guess absolutely when when you're doing say self-driving cars the great guy who will do this it does not matter what theory behind that who has a better feeling how to apply it but by the way it is the same story about predicates because you cannot create rule for situation is much more than you have rule for that but maybe you can have more abstract rule then it will be less than zero it is the same story about ideas and and ideas applied to, to specific cases but still you should you reach. cannot avoid this Yes, of course, but you, you should still reach for the ideas to understand yeah, the science. Yeah. Let me kind of ask, do you think neural networks or functions can be made to reason? Sort of what do you think, we've been talking about intelligence, but this idea of reasoning, there's, a, there's an element of sequentially disassembling, interpreting, the the images so when when you think of um, handwritten recognition we kind of think that there'll be a single there's an input and an output there's not a recurrence yeah 
What do you think about sort of the idea of recurrence, of going back to memory and thinking through this sort of sequentially uh, mangling the different representations over and over until you arrive at um, a conclusion? Or is ultimately all that can be wrapped up into a function? <laughs> no, you, you're suggesting that let us use this type of algorithm. When I starting thinking, I first of all starting to understand what I want. Can I write down what I want? And then I trying to formalize. And when I do that, I thinking how to solve this problem. And till now, I did not situation where need you need recurrence recurrent. but do you observe human beings yeah do you try to it's the imitation question right it seems that human beings reason this kind of sequentially sort of does that inspire in you a thought that we need to add that into our intelligent systems you're saying, okay, I mean, you, you've, you've kind of answered saying, until now I haven't seen a need for it. And so because of that, you don't see a reason to think about it. You know, most of things I don't understand. In reasoning in human, it is for me too complicated. For me, the most difficult part is to ask questions good questions, how it works, how, how people asking questions. I don't know this. You said that machine learning is not only about technical things, speaking of questions, but it's also about philosophy. So what role does philosophy play in machine learning? We talked about Plato, but generally thinking in this philosophical way, does it have, how does philosophy and math fit together in your mind? First ideas and then their implementation. It's like predicate, like, uh, say, admissible set of functions. It comes together, everything. Because <clears throat> the first iteration of theory was done 50 years ago, I told that this is theory. So everything's there. If you have data, you can, and, you, and your set of function is not, has a no, have a not big capacity. Mm -hmm. So low VC dimension, you can do that. You can make structural risk minimization, control capacity. But you was not able to make admissible set of function good. No, when suddenly realize that we did not use another idea of convergence, which we can, everything comes together. But those are mathematical notions. Philosophy plays a role of simply saying that we should be swimming in the space of ideas. Let's, let's talk what is philosophy. Philosophy means understanding of life. So understanding of life 
say, people like Plato, they understand on very high abstract level of life. So, and whatever I'm doing is just implementation of my understanding of life. But every new step, it is very difficult. For example, to find this idea that we need weak convergence was not simple for me. So that required I, thinking about life a little bit. Hard to hard hard to trace, but there was some thought process. You know, I'm working, I'm thinking about the same problem for 50 years or more. And again and again and again. <laughs> I'm trying to be honest, and that is very important, not to be very enthusiastic, yeah. but concentrate on whatever we was not able to achieve, for Patient. example, yeah, and understand why. And now yeah, I understand that because I believe in mass, I believe that in Wigner's idea. But now when I see that there are only two ways of convergence, and we're using both, that means that we must do as well as people doing. But now exactly in philosophy and what we know about predicate, what we, how we understand life, can we describe as a predicate? I thought about that, and that is more or less obvious level of symmetry. But next, I have a feeling it's something about structures. But I don't know how to formulate, how to measure measure of structure and all this stuff. And the guy who will solve this challenge problem, then when we were looking how he did it, probably just only symmetry is not enough. But something like symmetry will be there. Structures oh, yeah, absolutely. Symmetry will be there. And level of symmetry will be there. And level of symmetry, anti-symmetry, diagonal, vertical. And I, I, I even don't know how you can use in different direction idea of symmetry. It's very general. But it will be there. I think that people are very sensitive to the idea of symmetry. But there are several ideas like symmetry. As I would like to learn. But you cannot learn just thinking about that. You should do challenging problems and then analyze them why why it was we was able to solve them. And then we will see. Very simple things, it's not easy to find. <laughs> Even with talking about this every time. Yeah. About you you I, I was surprised. I, I, I try to understand. Is people describe in language strong convergence mechanism for learning? I did not see, I don't know. But weak convergence, this dark story and story like that, when you will explain to kid, you will use weak convergence argument. It looks like it does like it, is it? Yeah. 
But when you try to formalize, you're just ignoring this. Why? Why 50 years from start of machine learning? And that's the role of philosophy. I think, I, I think that maybe, I don't know, maybe this is theory also. We should blame for that because empirical risk minimization and, and all this stuff. And if you read now textbooks, they just about bound about empirical risk minimization. They don't looking for another problem like admissible set. But on the topic of life, perhaps we, you could talk in Russian for a little bit. What's your favorite memory from childhood? Oh, music. <clears throat> How about, can you try to answer in Russian? Музыка. Было очень здорово, когда... Какая музыка? Классическая музыка. Какой Но... любимый? Ну, разные композиторы. Сначала это был Вивальди, я, в общем, был удивлен, что так можно. А потом я, когда понял Баха, я, в общем, был совершенно потрясен. Кстати, вот, вот из него я и думаю, что а, существуют предикаты типа структуры. В Бахе, ну, конечно. Потому что ну, там просто чувствуется всюду структура. И я не думаю, что разные элементы жизни сильно разделены в смысле предикатов. Всюду структура в живописи, структура в человеческих отношениях структуры. Вот, вот как-то найти вот эти вот высокого уровня предикаты это. В Бахе и в жизни. Все yeah. соединено. Now that we're talking about Bach, let's switch back to English, because I like Beethoven and Chopin, so. <laughs> well, Chopin, it's another amusing story, I was. But Bach, if, if we talk about predicates, Bach probably has the most uh, sort of well-defined predicates that underlie it. You know, it is very interesting to read what critics <laughs> writing about Bach, which words they're using. They're trying to describe predicates. Yeah. And, 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 and then Chopin. It is very different vocabulary, very different predicates. And I think that if you will make collection of that. <laughs> so maybe from this you can describe predicate for digital recognition as well. <laughs> from Bach and Chopin. No, 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 not from Bach and Chopin. From the critic from, interpretation from of the music. Yeah. When they're trying to explain you music, what they use. They use, they describe high level ideas of, of Plato's ideas. What behind this music? That's brilliant. So, art is not self-explanatory in some sense. So you have to try to convert it into ideas. It is ill-posed problems when when you go from ideas to to the representation. Yes. It is easy way. But when you're trying to go back, it is ill-posed problems. But nevertheless, I believe that when you're looking from that even from art 
you will be able to find predicate for digital recognition. That's such a fascinating and powerful notion. Do you ponder your own mortality? Do you think about it? Do you fear it? Do you draw insight from it? About mortality? Oh, yeah. Are you afraid of death? Not too much. Not too much. It is pity that I will not be able to do something which I think I have a feeling to do that. For example, I will be very happy to work with guys, theoreticians from music, to write this collection of description, what, what how they describe music, how they use what predicate. And from art as well, then take what is in common and try to understand predicate, which is absolute for everything. And, and then use that to, for visual recognition and see if there is a connection. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's still time. We've got time. <laughs> yeah. We've got time. It 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 it's it's take years and years and you years. Think so? Yeah, it's it's a long way. Well, see, you've got the patient mathematic mathematician's mind. I think it could be done very quickly and very beautifully. I think it's a really elegant idea. Yeah, but well, also some of many. Yeah, you, you know, the the most time it is not to make this collection to understand. What is the common to think about that once again and again and again? Again and again and again. But I think sometimes, especially just when you say this idea now, even just putting together the collection and looking at the different sets of data, language, trying to interpret music, criticize music and images, I think there will be sparks of ideas that will come. Of course, again and again, you'll come up with better ideas. But even just that notion... Yeah. It is a beautiful notion. I even have some example. So I have a friend who was specialist in Russian poetry. She is professor of, of Russian poetry. He did not write um, poems, but she know a lot of stuff. She make a book, several books, and one of them is a collection of Russian poetry. She has images of Russian poetry. She collects all images of Russian poetry. And I ask her to do following. You have NIPS digit recognition. And we get 100 digits or maybe less than 100, I, I don't remember, maybe 50 digits. And try from poetical point of view, describe every image which she see, using only words of images of Russian poetry. And she did it. And then we tried to, I call it learning using privileged information. I call it privileged information. Mm -hmm. You have on two languages. One language is just image of digit, and another language poetic description of this image. 
And this is privileged information. And there is an algorithm when you're working using privileged information, you're doing well, well better, much better. So, <laughs> so there's something there. Something there. And there is a, in NEC, she unfortunately died. Uh, the collection of digits in poetic descriptions of these digits. Yeah. So there's some something there in that poetic description. But I think that there is an abstract ideas on the plateau level of ideas. Yeah, that they're there, that could be discovered. And music seems to be a good entry but point. But as soon as we start with, with this challenge problem. The challenge problem. I, it, listen, it, it I, immediately connected to, 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 to it, all this stuff. Especially with your talk and this podcast, and I'll do whatever I can to advertise. It's such a clean, beautiful, Einstein-like formulation of the challenge before us. Right. Let me ask another absurd question. We talked about mortality. We talked about philosophy of life. What do you think is the meaning of life? What's the predicate for our mysterious existence here on Earth? I don't know. It's very interesting how we have in Russia, I don't know if you know, the guy Strugatsky, mm-hmm. they writing pictures, they thinking about human, what, what's going on. And they have a idea that there are the developing two type of people, common people and very smart people. They just started. And these two branches of people will go in different direction very soon. So that's what they're thinking about that. <laughs> so, so the purpose of life is to create two, <laughs> two paths. Two paths. Human uh, societies. Yeah. Yes, simple people and more complicated. Which do you like best? The simple people or the complicated ones? I don't know that he is just his fantasy, but you know, every week we have a guy who is just writer and also a theoretic of literature. And he explained how he understands literature and human relationship how he see life. And I understood that I'm just small kids comparing to him. He's a very smart guy in understanding life. He knows this predicate. He, he knows big blocks of, of, of life. I, I, I amused every time when I listen to him. <laughs> and he just talking about literature. And I think that I was surprised. Uh, so the the managers in big companies, most of them are guys who study English language and English literature. So why? Because they understand life. They understand models 
and among them maybe many talented critics which just analyzing this. And this is big science like prop did with these blogs. It amazes me that you are and continue to be humbled by the brilliance of others. I'm very modest about myself. I see so smart guys around. Well, let me be immodest for you. You're one of the greatest mathematicians, statisticians of our time. It's truly an honor. Thank no, no, you for no, talking yeah, okay, again. Okay. And let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Yeah. Yes, let's I, talk. I, I know my limits. Let's let's talk again when your challenge is taken on and solved by a grad student. Especially let's talk again. When uh I they hope use that it. it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe music will be involved. Vladimir, thank you so much. It's been an thank honor. you very much. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Vladimir Vapnik. And thank you to our presenting sponsor, Cash App. Download it, use code LEXPODCAST, you'll get $10, and $10 will go to FIRST, an organization that inspires and educates young minds to become science and technology innovators of tomorrow. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe on YouTube, give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, support it on Patreon, or simply connect with me on Twitter at Lex Friedman. And now, let me leave you with some words from Vladimir Vapnik. When solving a problem of interest, do not solve a more general problem as an intermediate step. Thank you for listening. I hope to see you next time.